Hello, friends. A warm welcome to this full moon meditation in Libra. And greetings to all of you here at the Lucy's Trust Library in London and everyone joining us via the Ether on Zoom. Today we are working under the influence of the sign of Libra. We are in the midst of the intensifying spiritual inflow, which will culminate at the exact time of full moon at 9.55 p.m. British summer time. At this time, you are invited to again link up subjectively with a period of silence and the sounding of the great invocation. Let us seize the opportunity to serve by radiating the lighted energies and much needed qualities of Libra into current world events. We are then well equipped to anchor any insights and spiritual potencies through expression in our daily lives, thus balancing the subjective work of meditation and active service in the outer world. The keynote of Libra, I choose the way which leads between the two great lines of force, evokes the themes of balance, equilibrium, and of choice. The escalating crisis humanity is facing can be considered in light of these themes. Whether it is the widening economic inequalities, the environmental and ecological crisis, now closely intertwined with the current energy crisis, or the re-emergence of old conflicts and the increasing levels of mental health problems, they all seem to be symptoms of severe imbalances. Humanity is faced with the choice to restore a sense of balance in the social and economic life of nations and in global relationships, or to escalate imbalances even further. This choice is about the restoration of a balanced relationship with the kingdoms of nature and with the spiritual dimension of life. When we ponder on the daunting challenges, it is increasingly clear that these are truly global world problems and are therefore binding humanity more closely together than ever before. The age of separation is coming to an end, no matter the increasingly more desperate attempts to resist it. The deep interconnectedness between humanity and all life forms on earth is brought into sharp and at times painful focus, not least by the recent pandemic, as well as the escalating consequences of climate change. They all shatter the illusion of separation. Political and economic decisions and choices immediately ripple around the planet and produce a response either towards balance or imbalance. The increasingly faster feedback loop aided by the communication technologies shakes the separative mind out of its trance-like state and quickens the inescapable sense of responsibility, even if it may initially be denied, ignored and resisted. As we are reaping the consequences of our actions with growing intensity, we seem to have entered an age of disruption. Humanity's advance in scientific knowledge, which gives rise to powerful technologies, is out of balance with a sufficiently developed ethical consciousness 
wisdom and a sense of responsibility to the larger whole. We have pushed ecological and social life systems on this planet so far out of balance that we are reaping the very disruptive and painful consequences of our collective actions and inactions. Hence, world tension is increasing. However, disruptions have the power to make us more alert and wake us up, particularly if we use them creatively. They are humanity's alarm clocks, and perhaps it is time to stop pressing the snooze button. Let's take the voices of the ecological movement, which have been raising serious concerns about the environment and the climate at least since the 1960s. But as often the case, the pioneering voices have not been heard or have been dismissed and ridiculed. One of these voices has been and is the former Prince of Wales, now King Charles III of the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth. In 2010, then Prince Charles wrote in collaboration with Tony Juniper and Ian Skelly, a book called Harmony, a new way of looking at our world. In this book, he called for no less than a revolution in our relationship with planet Earth and writes, quote, the Earth's alarm bells are now ringing loudly. And so we cannot go on endlessly prevaricating by finding one skeptical excuse after another for avoiding the need for the human race to act in a more environmentally benign way, which really means only one thing, putting nature back at the heart of our considerations once more. But that is only the start of it. We must go further. Right action cannot happen without right thinking. And in that simple truth lies the deeper purpose of this book." End of quote. It may be obvious, but nevertheless important to emphasize how the current crises are all mutually interconnected. King Charles elaborates on this in his book, including the crisis of meaning and the need for an awakening of an inclusive sense of spirituality, which he advocates in a simple and beautiful way. Economic inequality is linked to the ecological crisis and both impact on mental and physical health, to take just three examples. This view binds and lifts us into the light of group consciousness opening vast opportunities for both subjective and objective collaboration across disciplines and domains of human activity. The growing trend towards multidisciplinary research and practice in many areas indicates that group consciousness and group collaboration is steadily growing. It was outlined in last month's full moon meeting in reference to the economist Jeffrey Sachs, that cooperation is needed right now to address the severe, severe environmental and social crises. When invited to reflect and ponder on the state of the world, we perhaps approach this with a certain degree of reservation or reluctance, since the ever-present and available flood of news information can put significant strain on our emotional and mental bodies. Whilst the increasing flow of information provides many opportunities, it can easily become overwhelming 
that might lead to a temptation to retreat from world problems and topics via a pseudo-spiritual escape route, which can lead to a spiritual imbalance in the life of the aspirant. Alice Bailey seemed to have been acutely aware of this potential trap, and hence the training in the arcane school establishes this balance by relating spiritual unfoldment and meditation to an in-depth study of the problems of humanity. This can be seen as a way of balancing heaven and earth. Humanity is destined to become the bridge builder between the kingdoms of nature and the higher spiritual kingdoms, thus eventually becoming the world disciple. <coughs> Before we continue, let us take a moment of silence, followed by the affirmation of the disciple, which you will see on the screen or on the card given to you. I am a point of light within a greater light. I am a strand of loving energy within the stream of love divine. I am a point of sacrificial fire focused within the fiery world of God. And thus I stand. I am a way by which men may achieve I am a source of strength, enabling them to stand. I am a beam of light, shining on the way, and thus I stand. And standing thus, revolve and tread this way, the ways of men, and know the ways of God, and thus I stand. According to the Tibetan, the sign of Libra is of particular significance when the soul awakens in a human being. When the attractive pull of the soul is felt, the pull of material desires and old habits is equally and more consciously registered. This leads to the swings between the pairs of opposites so well known to all spiritual aspirants. Gradually, one learns to use the downward pull as a force for transmutation and refinement of physical, etheric, astral, and lower mental matter, and thus balancing the pairs of opposites. This is the key test for humanity now, as it has collectively evolved ever closer to soul awakening. The Tibetan wrote about the significance of the sign of Libra for this stage in spiritual development. You have therefore the activity wherein the personality grows and develops, 
and yet at the same time it veils and hides the hidden man of the heart which is the christ within each human form you have then the interlude wherein the point of balance is reached between these two and neither is dominant the scales tip back and forth in either direction or as it is sometimes expressed man swings between the pairs of opposites hence the importance of this sign in the life expression of the man and hence also its peculiar difficulty it provides the curious seesaw experience which proves so distressingly bewildering first to the man who seeks to be entirely human but finds within himself impediments and urges which drive him on to something which is higher than the human and secondly to the aspirant or the disciple his focus of interest and his aim is soul life yet he finds within himself that which seeks ever to draw him back to the old ways the old habits and the old desires end of quote the keynote of libra also invokes aspects of buddha's teaching of the noble middle path his eightfold path consists of right understanding right thought right speech right action right livelihood right effort right mindfulness and right samadhi concentration in a previous quote from king charles he emphasized that we must go from right action to right thinking which would appear to pick up a cue from this teaching he then elaborates further when people talk of things like an environmental crisis or a financial crisis what they are actually describing are consequences of a much deeper problem which comes down to what i would call a crisis of perception it is the way we see the world that is ultimately at fault if we simply concentrate on fixing the outward problems without attention to the central inner problem then the deeper problem remains and we will carry on casting around in the wilderness for the right path without a proper sense of where we took the wrong turning end of quote this line of approach seems most fruitful it opens the path to deeper esoteric work as well as to practical ways in which the qualities and gifts of libra could be applied when facing the storms of current world events considering the balancing act in its most literal form we can learn by imagining the art of tightrope walking a rather extreme example of this is the french high wire artist philippe petit who in the 70s walked on a tightrope between the towers of the notre dame de paris and the world trade center in new york the story of which has been retold in the documentary man on wire when observing a high wire artist we can imagine the skills and qualities at play during such an awe-inspiring performance there is a dynamic balancing of forces in this case the forces of gravity and the sense of collectedness of energy in the center of the body then there is a balancing of the emotional body held in a state of equilibrium and in the case of the t the regulation and mastery of fear 
on the mental level, this requires intense concentration without becoming rigid or stiff, which would literally lead to a downfall. Instead, the dynamic balancing act requires flexibility and adaptability to respond to outer influences. And finally, this requires trust, a deep trust in one's ability, which is essentially trust based on soul consciousness. Balancing between two poles or pairs of opposites appears to require awareness of a center. In Eastern medicine, the balancing of opposing forces in the human constitution is thought to be integral to maintaining and restoring health. Japanese arts and healing traditions emphasize the importance of the cultivation of right posture by developing the so-called hara or tanden. The hara or tanden relates to the center of gravity in the physical body, which is located about two inches below the navel and not to be confused with the second energy center. The development of a sense of centeredness establishes a sound foundation for the regulation and balancing of tension and relaxation in the physical and etheric vehicles. Singers and dancers develop this center naturally in their training, as it is the basis of right breathing for singing and the artful rhythmic expression of dance movements which flow from a still center point in the body. Rather than merely focusing on a physical or energetic location, cultivation of the hara in the Japanese tradition implies the cultivation of a center which regulates the balance on physical, etheric, emotional and mental levels, and from which all movements, gestures, sounds and expressions flow. This balance allows for soul energies to circulate in an unimpeded fashion. It is also the basis for right posture in the psychophysical sense, which has significant implications for health. Cultivating a healthy posture seems increasingly more important in today's world, particularly in relation to the use of technology. Nowadays, we tend to see the smartphone-induced deterioration and the imbalances in physical posture, as well as in a trend towards scattered attention. It would seem particularly important to support children to cultivate the awareness of a healthy posture thus promoting a dynamic balance and equilibrium between the physical, etheric, emotional and mental bodies. This flows from a loving attitude towards the physical body as a sacred temple and goes hand in hand with the need to reawaken this sense of sacredness in Mother Earth. This way of balancing heaven and earth, which allows the stream of love to circulate between matter and spirit, is needed to address the ecological crisis and perhaps links with King Charles' point of right thinking. The role of education to address the severe imbalances and inequalities has been highlighted by the recent International Commission on the Futures of Education, launched by the UNESCO. In reimagining our futures together, a new social contract for education. The Commission clearly articulates the choice humanity is facing 
and the crucial role education will play to restore balance, saying that, quote, we face an existential choice, continue on an unsustainable path or radically change course, and that knowledge and learning are the basis for renewal and transformation. This urgent and inspiring call to reimagine education, both for children and adults, has created lighted thought forms in helping to address the underlying causes which has set humanity on this unsustainable path. It directly addresses the need to face the choice and the problem of separateness and divisiveness. Under the heading, Learning to Unlearn Divisiveness, the Commission states, pedagogies of cooperation and solidarity require more than embracing and committing to sustaining diversity. Educational policy has increasingly aimed to address inequities of gender, race, ethnicity, religion, residence, nationality, documentation, documented status, disability, sexual identity, and social class of origin. However, less attention is paid to the silencing and exclusion of collective memories, aspirations, cultural traditions, and indigenous knowledges in education and the knowledge commons. Learning to critically examine established dominant knowledge is central to a pedagogy of solidarity. We must learn to unlearn, end of quote. Learning to unlearn requires an open, curious attitude the intense curiosity children beautifully and naturally display. A rekindling of a stance of not knowing leads to deeper inquiry and learning, including in esoteric work. This perhaps echoes the Socratic paradox, I know that I know nothing. The role of an intensely alive and inquisitive mind seems crucial in navigating the current information and social media world which is often characterized by a battle between ideologies, misinformation, and a growth of conspiracy theories. Taking a stance of not knowing aids in the dispelling of these glamours by taking the stance of the observer. This not knowing does not imply a lack of knowledge, study, nor a lack of the aspiration and search for truth. On the contrary, but it requires the seeker to hold the mind balanced on the razor-edged path between knowing and not knowing. This stance affords a freedom from the tendency to draw quick conclusions and an ability to stand back in the light of the soul and question long-held assumptions and mental habits. It liberates from a compulsive desire to be right and opens the mind to the deep inquiry towards truth. Esoterically, this requires a mind held in the light of the soul, which is crucial for the awakening of intuition and the building of the lighted bridge between the concrete lower and the higher mind, the Antakarana. Crucially for our times, the soul is the balancing center in which we can discover a center of unshakable inner calm and poise from which to go out into the world in loving service. 
in the words of the Tibetan, it is possible to reach a point where naught that occurs can ruffle the inner calm, where the peace that passes understanding is known and experienced, because the consciousness is centered in the ego, who is peace itself, being the circle of the buddhic life, where poise itself is known and felt, and equilibrium reigns, because the center of the life is in the ego, who is, in essence, balance. Let us now go into meditation and create together a lighted group field of poise, balance, stillness and power in service to humanity and our planet. We are using the keynote, I choose the way that leads between the two great lines of force. Letting in the light. We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the group of world service, mediating between hierarchy and humanity. I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul call forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates, reach and encourage them. alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumara, and towards the Christ at the heart 
of hierarchy. Extend the line of light towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. higher interlude. Hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energies streaming into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy. Using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy and humanity gradually coming into alignment and interplay.
meditation. Reflect on the seed thought. I choose the way that leads between the two great lines of force.
precipitation. Using the creative imagination, visualize the energies of light, love, and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on Earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest. Use the sixfold progression of divine love as the sequence of energy precipitation. Shambhala, hierarchy, the Christ, the group of world service, men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, physical centers of distribution. lower interlude. Refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. Together sound the affirmation. 
in the center of all love I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy and streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. Consider how these inpouring energies are establishing a pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ.
distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets, London, Darjeeling, New York, <coughs> Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out and make the seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth.
thank you friends for your participation today a few announcements um what i would like to draw your attention to is the online world goodwill seminar which will be on saturday the 29th of october from two till four o'clock five o'clock two till five o'clock a zoom link will be posted on the website and can be accessed via the homepage. and we will be holding talks and discussions with guest speakers focusing on the theme of in search of a new culture perspectives on human flourishing and details will be sent out soon then the next full moon meeting will be the scorpio festival which will be held on monday the 7th of november at 6 30 pm pst and you are very warmly invited to join us again once again thank you very much for your participation and wishing you a good month thank you thank you, thank you.